Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson. It's great to be with you today. And we're going to take some of those uh, closer to home issues uh, in this segment. Uh, everyone knows that the uh, housing market uh, is on fire. Things are very hot and moving there. There is a shortage, to be sure, and uh, challenges uh, up and down the Wasatch Front as it relates to housing. And uh, during the session, there was a, uh, a bill uh, that uh, worked its way through the House and Senate and a number of revisions, HB 82. And uh, we're really pleased to have joining us today Senator Jake Andreg. Uh Jake is... Uh, represents the, the District 13, uh, which is a straddle one, it's one of those that has Salt Lake and Utah counties in there. And, uh, Jake, we appreciate you joining us to, to break down what this means and what uh, it could do to help in terms of some of those housing needs in the state of Utah. Yes, thanks, Boyd. Appreciate uh, the opportunity to be with you today. Awesome. Well, give us a little backstory on uh, on the bill. It uh, Obviously, it focuses a lot on kind of the uh, mother-in-law apartment or, or uh, renting out your basement kinds of things. Uh, but give us just a little bit uh, of what you saw uh, as you introduced this uh, with Ray Ward uh, in the uh, during the legislative session. Yeah, happy to do so. So, uh, Boyd, I, I serve as the co-chair of the Utah Housing Affordability Commission. I have for the last four years. And in that role, we have brought uh, experts not only along the Wasatch Front, but all throughout the the United States to our commission to discuss um, best practices for addressing the issues with housing affordability. One of the easiest, if you will, low-hanging fruit that we discovered was probably our best shot at addressing some of these issues were what are called the ADUs, the mother-in-law apartments, the basement rental units, okay? Uh, the What the thought was with House Bill 82 was to really go after uh, the zoning requirements that uh, most cities have adopted. And in the state of Utah, there were uh, certain certain permitted uses and excluded uses written into the underlying statute. Um, so in essence, if, if you wanted to do a mother-in-law apartment in your home, the existing statute said you couldn't do it without getting an exception from your city council if they allowed it or not. What House Bill 82 did is it basically switched that and said they are allowed unless uh, prohibited by a city council for, for various reasons. And and those various reasons had to be clearly spelled out. And it was a, a large point of negotiation between uh, the legislature, Representative Ward, myself, and the Utah League of Cities and Towns. We finally got to what I feel is a good bill yeah. uh, that will help really address 
this issue. So important. I think there. Uh, I think early on, I know there were a number of iterations as you you went through the sessions, uh, it, and it was one of those. I just want to point out to our, our listeners, it was one of those. I think there were five different uh, significant revisions, uh, but that's how it's supposed to be. The, we've been talking today about the process matters, uh, and you went through that oh, process. Yeah. One of the challenges or the concerns I think that uh, some folks had was you know things like sewer lines and infrastructure uh, to handle people. Uh, tell us how you dealt with that in the context of this bill. Absolutely. You know, whenever you go to build a home, a residence, uh, the the city already, their, their, their planning and their zoning department go through it and make sure that, number one, they have capacity for sewer and water and electricity and everything else, that, all the utilities that serve the home. They also anticipate that a home could be built with an unfinished basement or might be built completely finished. In either event, uh, whether you have an unfinished basement or not, the all of the home uh, every single number of anticipated bathrooms, uh, sinks, you know, kitchens, laundry rooms are already factored into the usage capacity for the utilities that would serve that home. So what we did in the bill is we said we're not going to look at an outbuilding, meaning a new building on the same premises that could be rented, which would require brand new hookups. Right. We want to look at inside the structure. So because they've already factored for those utility uh, capacity requirements, if you simply finish your basement or finish it and renovate it in a way that you could rent the basement out, you don't run into those capacity issues because they've already been factored for. Oh, fantastic. If you're just joining us, Senator Jake Andregs, uh, joining us, we're talking about affordable housing and things that can ease that a little bit and create some uh, space here in the state of Utah uh, Jake, as you've been looking at this, uh, and I know you've been uh, intensely looking at this for the last number of years, uh, what else should Utah be thinking about or thinking ahead on uh, to ultimately solve the uh, the affordable housing issues? Well, uh, let me be clear, because you know, I've seen several different reports that kind of estimate what the housing gap is. And what I mean by housing gap is that difference between supply of housing stock versus demand of housing stock. Uh, the most uh, accurate assessment of that is, was done by Dr. Jim Wood, uh, University of Utah, Kempsey Gardner Institute. And they, anticip- they uh, estimated that there were about 40,000 units today of what was uh, you know, supply versus demand. We are 40,000 units short. But let's be clear. The free market is going to address 85 to 90% of that. Right. As it should. I don't think it's government's role or proper role of government for government to try to come in and fix that whole situation. It's just not it's not affordable. It's not possible. We suck at it. Right. We shouldn't be doing it. But in that lower area median income range, typically 80 percent down to 30 percent of area median income. Man, we just don't have a lot of developers building those affordable units. And so. That is where government actually can and should intervene, that 10 to 15 percent of the marketplace where we really do need to address it, because most of those people that are 50 percent down to 30 percent area median income, they are only one life event away from being homeless. And once a family or a person becomes homeless, we're already footing the bill. Hundreds of millions of dollars a year between federal and state monies as well as philanthropic monies and those are monies if we can divert a little bit uh, uh, to that lower area median income and and address that range 
we save ourselves, I kid you not, 10 to 1, 20 to 1 of what we're doing for intervention on homelessness. So it's a huge factor that I, I think we got to continue to focus on that area and make sure that we are uh, doing what we can to properly incentivize these type of developments and doing them in an inclusive way with the city so that they don't turn into slum you know, yeah. projects and stuff like that. That's that's critical for us. Yeah, fantastic. Jake Andreg, uh appreciate you joining us on Inside Sources today. Great insight uh, dealing with, with something that I think will continue to be a challenge for us here in the state of Utah, but uh, we love great solutions that go through the right process and have the right role and the right level of government involved. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Boyd. Always a pleasure. All right. Again, that's uh, Jake Andereg, Senator. Uh, from he, he represents kind of the straddle there. The uh, both uh, Salt Lake County and Utah County are part of his Senate district there, so he gets a really good perspective in terms of uh, what's happening uh, around the state and uh, an important voice in the Utah State Legislature. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside uh, for our final commercial break. When we come back, we're going to take a few lessons from March Madness and the loss from Gonzaga. What it teaches us about happily ever after. Find out what it is next. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately... We're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.